Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've discovered from my challenges with ADHD and chemo brain. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now certified productive environment specialist and ADHD productivity coach with well over 20 years of experience in business, office design, and productivity. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, wife, mom of a teen and a cat, and a lifelong geek. I'm old enough now to be proud of it. I've learned that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget our appointments, we can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and fits who we are with our unique brains. I believe that to be truly productive, we need to learn how to be intentionally unproductive. A strange twist for a productivity coach. But hey, I love to ski, sail, and surf. Listen in and learn how to streamline your space and systems so you can be more focused, organized, and have more time to be intentionally unproductive. Hey everyone, Catherine Avery. I am the host of the Uncluttered Office podcast and owner of productivitybydesign.com. I am here today with Sasha Morozov, who is a former executive who holds a master's in social work and is the founder of Sasha X Home. When Sasha isn't chasing after her two sons, she now utilizes her clinical skills to coach women who are killing it at work, but feeling like they are failing at home to have more time, less clutter, and habits for a peaceful life. Sasha believes that working moms are exceptional humans who are skilled, devoted, and unstoppable. Sasha has spent almost 15 years working in the nonprofit field to help individuals and families create better futures. Sasha is an avid minimalist, productivity master, and obsessed with organizing and designing people's lives. Sasha has now developed a four-step method that focuses on self, home, relationships, and habits to help moms hit start on the life they've put on pause. So psyched you are here. Oh my gosh, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. That's going to be a great episode. So before we started, we were actually talking about super moms and how we do too much and how that can lead to burnout and how I have just come from exactly that scenario, which is going to be a podcast in the near future. So don't worry, folks, if you think you're missing something, you're not, you haven't heard about it yet. So let's start with this concept that moms hit start on the life they put on pause. I am always talking about how we have to pause before we make decisions about anything. Where do you fall on this idea? So interesting. You know, I would say I'm almost at the other end because I feel like we put so much on our plate. I feel like we put so much on our shoulders and not so much by design. That's the thing. It really is, in my point of view, for us, like we're the ones, it's not from the outside world. It's really for us. And we are the ones sitting here saying, oh, I should do that. Oh, what everyone else is doing that. Oh, wait, I got to get little Billy into, you know, basketball or soccer because everybody else is and get a tutor for math to make sure they get to like calculus by third grade. Right. It's very interesting you say that because it's easy for us to think we have to have our kids doing more. And it's really hard to remember they don't have to be. And if it's okay, I'm going to tell a story, short story. 
And then I want to hear some of your stories from clients. My daughter, the summer after freshman year was the pandemic. And I had hired someone to come and hang out with her two afternoons a week. She called it a babysitter. I called it a driver, literally someone who could drive her maybe to a park or, you know, somewhere for ice cream just to get her out of the house. And she wanted no part of it. And she spent that summer watching a lot of CSI, Criminal Minds, NCIS, et cetera. And I'm sure there are a lot of parents out there right now are saying they're horrified that I let her do that. But I was working. There was a pandemic. And I had a few rules. You know, I have food in the fridge. Don't come asking me for food. You know, make your own sandwich, whatever. You know, I don't want you sleeping till after 12 noon. She's an early riser, so that wasn't an issue. And you have to be outside for 20 minutes a day doing something physical, whether it's a walk, riding your bike, whatever. What happened was she had room to be bored and to think creatively. And next thing you know, she had written nine songs, written two books, in addition to watching all this stuff, and found her life path, which is she wants to work for the FBI's behavioral analysis unit. If I hadn't just let her be, instead of forcing her to do a bunch of stuff that summer, she might never have gotten to her path. 100%. And it's almost like this expectation, what I'm hearing, is that we as mothers have of the fact that like we're responsible for their path. Mm. And we take that on when I am also here to say, you're responsible for your own path. And making sure that you are the version of you, whether at work or at home, that you want to be. Because I believe when we're living the version we want, others around us will see that. Your daughter, I'm sure in some way, saw that you're living your passion of you doing your business and going after it, that it naturally was for her to not just sit all day as a couch potato, right? That some of it somewhere was seeping in of, okay, what, what does this mean for me? Right. I'm picking it. She was able to pick up on her own interests just by watching the TV and not just having it as like, okay, yeah, I like the show. And that's it. She thought critically. Right. And that I think is so beautiful. So instead of us saying, oh, it was, you know, I let her watch TV that summer or anything like that. It's really about not only have you raised her to be at a point of having that self-reflection, but taking it a step further. And I heard you about all of the creativity that came out of her. How beautiful is that? Because how much of our kids' lives are so designed today? Mm. How much of our lives are so designed around, oh, we got to go to work, then we got to food shop, and then we got to cook dinner. And then the weekends, we have a long to-do list and all of these things that just, we're just on a hamster wheel. Right. Where do we fit in? Where do our wants fit in for that? Where do our boundaries fit in as well? So you brought up boundaries. And this is something I've been thinking a lot about lately because boundaries are important. Boundaries are how we decide what we're going to say yes to and what we're going to say no to. And we can get really out of touch with those. And I think what happens too is that people look at boundaries and say, oh, boundaries are about me telling you what to do. Don't get in my personal space, whatever. When boundaries are really about 
what are the rules we make for ourselves that fit our values, right? Yes. And for me, boundaries is really about a way for you to live your life the way you see it. Right. It's not just about saying no. It's actually about saying yes. Because Ooh. guess what? Everything that we do, we are using time or money and or both or you know energy, everything. So every activity you're doing is actually a boundary in some way because right. you're allowing to, for you to do it or saying no to. But what are you really saying no to when mm. you think about your life? And what are you really saying yes to? Because a lot of those, because I believe we're in just such a like go, go, go mode. It's like, it's just subconscious that like, oh no, I can't, I can't do that for myself. I can't go after my passion or Mm -hmm. start a business or go out because I, I just created this life of where all of it is about everybody else. All of it is about making sure everything else is set up and I'm last to look at myself. Right. So she'll say things like, why are you still in school, mom? I wouldn't be in school at your age. I'd be done. I don't want to be doing school anymore. And I'm laughing because school is something I value. I just value and it's fun more and more. And it can be very fun. And now when I'm studying something, I'm studying it because I want to learn it. It's for me. It's not for anybody else. I mean, obviously, it's for my clients and my work. But most of what I'm learning is really about my insatiable need to like learn more about things. And it doesn't mean that I'm not also doing things at work. It just means that I'm getting better at things. So like I just finished trauma-informed coaching. I love it. Fascinating area. And, and that's just going to make me a better coach for my clients, right? But Absolutely. I learned so much. I mean, I didn't know about polyvagal theory. I mean, hello. But now I do. Do I know a lot about it? No, I could probably fit on a postcard what I know about it. But the fact is, is now I at least have a sense of it. I understand. I can envision what might happen if I have a client who's going through trauma. And it came out of this need, came out of actually having clients who would bring trauma and talk about it. And I'd be like, am I doing this right? Mm-hmm. Am I really serving them the best way? Yes. Let me am I looking at it? Yeah. Am I looking at it from the right lens that they need me? to look at it so I understand them and what they're presenting, what they're not presenting as well. Because trauma is really not just what is on the outside, it's what really people have experienced and the recovery part and where they are at that recovery stage as well. But you bring up a great point, which is the fact that, this is what I say to my clients all the time, I don't care what you choose to do. I just want to make sure whatever you're choosing is because you are consciously wanting to do it. That's the difference. I don't care if you are the soccer mom and you quit your job to be the soccer mom. I have a friend who literally left her job and is now like a huge part of her life is her kids like club soccer. And she loves it. She loves that like I'm like, oh my gosh, I could never spend every weekend like in a different city or this or like the soccer gear or like four hour training. You got to drive them like an hour, right? But she loves it. And I'm like, good for you, girl. Own it. And that's the thing. Just own whatever it is, no matter how like quirky it may be. Like you are you. Stop hiding the you. Let it shine. Mm, So good. I love that. I love that. Before we started talking, you mentioned a four-step process, the four areas that you work with women on. 
I'd love for you to speak to that a bit. Absolutely. So for me, I really developed this, not just because of the journey I went through, but also over the years of seeing others and in coaching and really being thoughtful about the fact that, you know, for me, step one is always self. Okay. To me, it's like, come on. We know we can't get anywhere unless we're looking at ourselves. And that's why I love coaching. Because guess what? Yes, you can get to your ultimate goal. You don't need a coach to get there. But what's going to happen? You're going to get there so much faster when you have somebody who is trained and is able to come in and look at it from the outside. So being able to speak with my clients on what's happening, give them a mind shift about it, help them understand exactly what we've been talking about, what they value. Because what is it when we scratch off the surface of like, I want my kids to be happy. I want to have a great marriage. I want to be like uh, uh, healthy and eat all the right food and exercise. Like when we scratch all of that off, I want to know much more what's underneath. Mm. What is it that you really are looking for in life? And guess what? If it's that you want to be that top CEO or you want to get to that CEO position, amazing. Own it. And that's where we start to really unravel and talk about and seep through of what is it that you want to change in your life. So that's really where step one and focusing on self comes in. And for anybody listening, you could also start this process at home by yourself by just taking a look. Like, what are your top values? And not just regular values. Like I said, cut out all the surface level stuff. What is it that you want? What is it that you might even just be afraid to admit to yourself? Because I know a lot of times clients may say something, they're like, I don't know where that came from. And I say, it came from you being in flow. Your mind is just going. When you just start writing all of the things, and you don't just stop me when you, you think you got it all out, you just keep going a step further. So much more is going to come out. And that's what I try to do in step one is that so much further. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So it's interesting you say that because one of my top values when I did this value exercise was freedom. And I was like, freedom, what does that mean? And for me, what it means is the flexibility and the freedom to run my business from anywhere so that I can do other things, right? Case in point, I was sitting in a hotel in Washington, D.C. while my daughter is at an educational event for the week. And I can work from here because I have a laptop business. That wasn't the case when I looked at my values three or four years ago. Of course. When I created it, I, once I knew my values, then I could create it. 
Yes, because once you know, it's so much easier to set boundaries and say no to all the other stuff. Because it's not the fact that it's not important. Like I said, it's not the fact that it's not important for Billy to have soccer skills. It's just not a priority. Okay, so that's where it's it becomes you just understand yourself better when you're at that stage. And when you understand yourself better, you make better decisions and you feel much more fulfilled on those decisions as well. So once we kind of uncover who it is that the person wants to be, how they want to be perceived, where they want to be going, we move on to step two, because for me, home is really where the heart is. So many of us dread coming home even. So many of us feel like it's a second shift of work. And that's where I come in and say, let's look. What's really happening within the home? Again, and it's not just looking at, you know, the physical stuff of what's happening in the home. It's really understanding what do you want out of the home? So I'll give you an example. For me, our top values is peace in the home because we have Mm -hmm. two younger boys and they're so rowdy. They're like, they're, (laughs) my oldest has ADHD and just all over the place, everything, right? Like they're bouncing off the walls. So I want to create a home that is more soothing. So for me, that means looking at the lighting, that it's not like this harsh lighting. For me, it means having like board games and family things, cards and things we can do in the family room. So that way it's easier to just grab things, having books around. So that way it's easier to just pop down and read, like creating the space of just like love, creating the space of comfort. And at the same time, I'm going to be totally honest with you and tell you that I have more of like an open concept home. And the other side of our living room is like this peaceful. And the other side, guess what it has? It has a basketball hoop inside. Why? Because I have two rowdy boys and I have to be realistic that they're going to bounce off the walls. And my husband's a huge basketball fan. My oldest is a huge basketball kid. So they just play basketball in the living room. Does that work for others? No, have people walked in my house and been like, you are crazy. How is this right next to the like glass sliding doors? Like, come on. And for me, it's like, but they have so much more fun. Right. I don't need extra furniture on that side just as a sitting area or whatever. It gets so much more use by having a basketball hoop because that's what works for my family. That's it. I created an adult area with a really nice sofa and it's really peaceful and quiet with a big window and everything else. And my daughter has an attentive ADHD. I jokingly call her the sloth on the sofa. And that's where she sits. It doesn't matter that we've created a beautiful room for her and, and everything else. Nope. She's right in the middle of things in that sofa. And that's where her spot is. And we're just like, can we have our space back? <laughs> But then again, I'm happy because she's not the teenager who's just locked in a room. So clearly she feels very comfortable to be out in the middle of everything, even if I'm cooking or anything else. And sometimes I have to say like, you need to turn that down a little because I'm trying to concentrate. But for the most part, go for it. I want her to feel safe and comfortable in my home. Yes. And that's a beautiful example you just brought up. The fact of like, thinking about the space and that you want her to be not in her locked up in her room that in the same way, our kids' bedrooms are just for sleeping. There's no desks there to do homework. There's no toys there. Any of that. Why? Because I want that. 
family. I want them to be around. I don't want it to be that this is my space. This is their space. This is our space. I don't get to see them enough. And as much as I joke that they're bouncing off the walls and it's crazy town, it is, but so what? You know, those are the fun memories. And I'd rather them be doing homework right next to me. Again, they're younger. So I I'm hopeful that it'll stay that way. I'm sure at some point I've already heard, well, why can't I just have a desk in my room, you know? And I'm like, why do you need one? You know? <laughs> so, Mine doesn't want a desk. She doesn't like to study at a desk. And that's so, okay. You know, sometimes she's at the dining room table, pretty rarely, mostly when I tell her and the tutor, you need to go to the dining room table and get her focused. But when that happens, you know what? Honestly, they go to Panera or Starbucks. That's what she wants to do. She's 17. You know, she's old enough to make decisions about where she's going to study. I got one year till college. Oh, I'm on the other side now. Other side. I know, I know. So that's really what the home piece is all about. It's just understanding not just what the society looks like. I've told clients like, Get rid of your dining room table. You guys don't use it. Do something fun. You guys love to do other stuff. Like that space could be so much more utilized by something else. And that's okay. Or switch out instead of just the chairs, have benches at the table because you like to just like move around. Like there's so many ways that we can talk about this. So that's really what the home piece is, because I want every woman to walk in her home, have a space that she loves, and also just feel that it's hers. Like, hello, having a home, whether you rent or purchase, it's one of the most expensive and biggest investments we ever do. So why do we not love it? Why do we not love Why does everyone not love that space? So that's really what step two is. And step three is relationships, because guess what? I believe it's the fact that everyone around us affects who we are, okay? Mm. I once heard somebody say that you're only as happy as your least happy child. And that always has kind of stuck with me because I want to create a space, a home, a life when I come home in that it's, again, one of my values, peace in the home. So that is peaceful. So that way we're on the same page. And the biggest thing I see is that the fact that I believe women do so much and we're such caregivers, we're usually the ones doing all the chores. We're usually the ones nagging that the trash didn't get taken out. We're usually the ones that are just like, fine, whatever, I'm going to schedule it. I'll get it done. And it doesn't have to be that way. That doesn't mean that all of a sudden your partner, if you have a partner in the home, is going to turn around and be like, oh, yes, of course, and this. And I know what clients say to me a lot of times is like, but I've tried it. I've tried to ask him. I've tried to ask her. I've tried to do something in the past and it hasn't worked. And my biggest advice to that is that, yes, you've tried, but let's do it a different way. And the way I try to explain it is the fact of coming first at a place of understanding. because. Does your partner even think that there's an imbalance of one person doing more than the other? I've heard people say, Mine no, doesn't. what do you mean? It's like, Exactly. It's 50-50. Like, I did just- all say mine is pretty good. Like, he does a lot of things. So awesome. he does the trash. He takes care of a lot of the yard. He takes care of the cars. He does the grocery shopping. So there's, there's lots of things he does. So I've had to learn to like, just look at it and say, remember he does this. 
So even though that might not be cleaning the home, although I don't clean the home, I have a housekeeper clean the home once a week, not like permanent living help. I wish that'd be great. Um, <laughs> but you know, and a lot of it too, I just want to throw this in and I hope it's okay. We have to learn to ask. We don't ask. When I ask my husband, when I say on Tuesdays, I have a meeting from 4.30 to 6. Can you be responsible for dinner that night? I don't get, oh, huffy puffy, you know, I'm not doing dinner. I get, sure, you know, just ask. I just ask a hundred times, but. Yes, my classic, I always say is that it's not that I believe our partners don't want to help is that they don't know how. Right. Because they may not understand exactly what we need because they're not mind readers. And then, you know, it's funny, I hear this all the time of when it's like picking up the kids. They exactly said, like, you asked ahead of time, hey, I have this coming up on Tuesday. What happens a lot that I see, to be totally honest, instead is that Tuesday comes and the woman has the meeting and it's six o'clock or six thirty. She comes home and nothing's done for dinner. Right. Nothing. And then the woman gets kind of frustrated being like, Hey, like you saw that I wasn't home. Like, why didn't you start on something? Right. And it's not that the partner again, intentionally was trying to not do dinner. Right. right? It's that the, you know, the routine has always been the boundaries and everything has always been that you were the ones taking care of dinner. So he just assumed or she just assumed that by the time you would come home, that's when you would start on dinner versus exactly doing what you're doing, which is something I still recommend is thinking ahead, having conversations beginning of the week of just what does your schedule look like? What does my schedule look like? And where do we need to kind of be flexible? Hey, can you help me out on this? Because I have this going on and vice versa. The greatest moment was the moment when my husband said to me back in like January, you realize that when you ask to do something around the house and get it done, we don't have the budget because we're eating out a lot. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, how can we fix this? And with that, we made a decision that we would only go out to dinner one night a week and we would only do takeout one night a week, which means all the other nights we're cooking, not just me cooking, we're all cooking. It hasn't been a lot of fun, but the fact is, is again, let's go to values and priorities. What are some of our values and priorities? We wanted to finish up the outdoors and get some trees put in. And we couldn't do that if we were eating out three nights a week. And again, that's okay. That doesn't mean that you'll never eat out three times a week either. Exactly. I think a lot of times when we think about whether it's boundaries or we think about self-care or we think about this, that it's like, it needs to be forever. That if I start yoga or I start hiking or I go on a diet, it's going to be forever. Right. I'm saying, well, just think of right now. You're doing this right now. And if things change, you change and everything adjusts. That's one of the biggest tips I give when I speak with women that are after their maternity leave and they're going back to work and they're just having such a hard time thinking about like, how am I going to spend so much time away from my child? This is a new baby, all of that. And I say, but you're making the best decision for your family right now. Right. That decision changes later on, then you guys change and it looks different. No matter what's happening in your life, you have to understand that it's right now. And that's why when I think about the clients that come to me is that I'm seeing them in this window of time. 
I'm not seeing them before. I'm not seeing them after. I'm just seeing them in this window of time. And I have to hold the hope and the success and all of that for them because they might just have such tunnel vision in the moment as well. Right. So we've done self, home, relationships, and my doozy and favorite habits. Absolutely. So to me, those three self-home and relationships is really the foundation for habits. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, one of the reasons that I truly believe things, you know, people start on that diet and don't finish or, you know, start on that, like I'm going to run a marathon and don't finish is really because they're trying to do it without first understanding themselves because without having that true like compass of why it's important. Because I can say, okay, I'm going to stop eating out. But if I have nothing to kind of, you know, elevate that in as well in terms of thinking, okay, but what's the point just to save money? Okay, saving money is good, but that might not be a strong enough pull. So that's why I leave kind of the habits to the end, because by that time working and understanding yourself, your home and relationship, we pull a lot of what you want to change and what you want to see differently. And you know what the best part is? By the time we get to habits, I usually am the person that says, hey, by the way, did you notice that for the last few weeks, you've already done this because you've already started the change. Because habits to me is not just waking up one morning and being cold turkey on something. Habits to me is really about the small steps. And a lot of times what I hear is like, okay, well, I just want to lose, you know, 25 pounds. I just want to get the promotion. I just want to be out of the baby phase or whatever it is. You know, you're basically at point A and you're trying to get to point B, you know, and you're so focused on point B. And how do I create better habits to get me to point B? How do I change to get to point B? And what I say is, guess what? You'll get to point B. You can choose the straight route, you can choose the curvy route, but you'll get to point B. But what I try to tell people is that point B is not the end, okay? Point B is not the end. When you get to point B, you can be like, I want to get to point C. I want to get to point D. So you have to understand that everything you're doing now is really building as that foundation, is really making it for the long haul to point Z, basically. You have no idea that you ever want point Z. It was, what are you doing right now to be more in line with who you are and setting yourself up for those successful habits as well? Right. So I'll give an example of my brother. My brother is becoming a runner, whatever. That's not my thing, but good for him. And he has a goal to run a half marathon in, I'm making it up, October. I don't know exactly when the goal is. He ran a 3K you know, I'm going to call it in May. In June, he ran a 5K. Last week, he ran a 10K. I don't know what was in between the 5K and the 10K, but, you know, and the point is, he's not going straight to a half marathon, which is 13 and a half miles. He's recognizing he's going to have to have milestones along the way to get to his goal. Yes. It's not one of my goals, but God bless him. It's great. And the biggest part is what I see, I think we don't do enough, is the fact of celebrating when we get those small wins, the three K. I hope he celebrated after the three K, well, not just after the ten K. At the ten K, he came in second in his age group, and he's like, "I'm guessing I'm second of two people." And I, we were all laughing, but legit, there were only three people. So it's like, "Oh, well, you weren't last." <laughs> 
but he celebrated it and then yes celebrated absolutely he still came yes yes our mind is almost like wired to be so critical of ourselves true there are so many times that i see clients make progress and I, when I try to highlight it, it's almost like their own criticism of like, yeah, but that's that's not where, you know, the end goal is or that's not, you know, far enough. And I'm saying, but let's take a moment because we're here right now and let's celebrate it. Be proud of it. So for anyone listening, as you're working through things, celebrate those small milestones. You don't have to go crazy, but... Right. Go out for a cup of coffee, get an ice cream, something. Tell a friend. We're so much more likely to complete our goals and habits and stick to them when we tell somebody. Right. Accountability. Yes, of course. A hundred, a hundred percent. And most of all, just have fun. I really think if we just kind of had the mindset of like, how can this be fun? Or what are the things I want to be doing to have fun? It just takes off so much of the stress and anxiety. And we just move through life in a healthier way. Awesome. I love it. So since we were talking about habits, I'm curious, what's your favorite productivity strategy or app? Awesome. Well, my favorite kind of hack almost that I say for habits is basically the fact that that I want you guys, whoever's listening, think about one thing that, you know, one time, put it this way, one time during the week. So let's say it's like Thursdays at two, that you can have an hour to do something for yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that one hour. And instead of just saying, okay, I'm going to do yoga every Thursday at two, I want you to think about three to five max, because anything more than five, your mind starts to wander and it's way too many things. Three is a good number, but five max of things that you would like to do in that hour. Because what a lot of times what I see is that people start and they are so boxed in and saying, I'm only going to do yoga three times a week and da 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 But that doesn't mean that every Thursday at two, you're going to want to do yoga. It's not. We are not robots. That's why I always say, like, we are not built to just do the exact same thing every single week at the same time and all that. Guess what? Maybe one Thursday at two, you want to nap. But I'd rather you have more of those options so when you don't feel like you're doing not doing yoga, that you go to one of those three to five options versus giving up that time or sitting on the couch and being like, oh, I failed at this because I didn't do it. And then the next week you don't do it at all or anything like that. If you just set the time and you have a couple of things that you would like to do during that time, then you're able to have more of that freedom, but still stick to a healthy habit or something that you want to be doing during that time and have a much higher chance of longevity for it as well. So it's kind of like a self-care basket. You're going to put five ideas in your basket and then you get to that time and you pull one out. Yes. And each time it might be different. And maybe those five things change along the way. All of that is okay. What I want to make sure is that there's a dedicated time and that in, you're doing something, something during that time because it's about those small steps. Because when you get used to that, guess what? Maybe you add another time during the week. And, and then you have two, two times that you're focusing on yourself or setting boundaries or doing something along those lines as well. Absolutely. I love it. 
so good. Such a great idea. So I know you have a freebie and a way for people to contact you. So pick what you want to do first and I'll sit back and listen. Of course, if you are listening and you are a working mom, head on over to SashaXHome.com and download the five steps to coming home happy after work, because I want you to start feeling a little bit lighter and a little bit brighter today. And that's such an easy way. And if anyone is interested, I have an amazing Facebook group where I go live and I share lots of tips and tricks. And that is called Moms Taking Their Life to the Next Level at Home. Nice. I love it. Next level. This conversation has been next level. I have so enjoyed it. The time flew. I don't know if you noticed. So grateful that you came on the show. I will make sure that that information that you just gave on the freebies is available on the show notes. Thank you so much for being here with me, Sasha. It has been such a pleasure and so fun that you're off traveling and I'm off traveling and yet we've made this happen. We said yes. Absolutely. And I'm so thankful for you. Thank you for having me on and thank you for doing this because you're really bringing on wonderful guests and sharing so many, so many wonderful tips and really, really interesting topics. So thank you. Thank you. Be well. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's Voices Amplified.